quick. Um, this is my third year going, and um, the first year, Mary just kind of whispered in my ear, reminded me of something, and um, the first year before I went, I had a vision, and it was of a, a deep, dry pit, um, almost <clears throat> like a grave with, with um, like fingers of, of dry roots coming into it. And I had no idea what this vision meant before going and thought maybe it just had to do with we're going to a desert dry place and we're going to bring the rivers of living water and bring things back to, back to life again. <clears throat> and it wasn't until the very end of the trip that um, God revealed to me that that pit was me. And I was the dry pit and I needed, I needed the water. And later... Um, <clears throat> um, and also as a result of the first trip, I was introduced to Crosswave. I didn't know Crosswave before going on the trip, um, but it's been a wonderful experience to be a part of Crosswave. And anyway, and I have also went to the, the mountain trip with Mary, and in all of that, um, God just really started doing a, a work in me, filling up that pit. And um, I had another vision later of that same pit with the, the walls kind of went, went out from this pit shape to the banks of a river and the river flowing through and those those roots developing to beautiful trees and that's really what God did in my life as a result of starting with this Peru trip mm. anyway and my second trip I was so excited because this great wonderful thing happened to me after the first trip I was had great anticipation and um, and there was a lot of really powerful things that happened the second trip um, I was able to share my testimony in front of hundreds, I don't know how many people in Tarapoto and this big square and just seeing God move mightily. And, um, um, but at the end of the trip, I remember feeling like, um, does what we do really make a difference? Uh, and I just kind of had this shakenness about it. It's like, you know, these people still live in the, the harsh environment they do with hardships and all this. Do we really make a difference? And I, that kind of was, was um, uh, going through my mind even before this next trip. And I seriously, I don't even know if Bill knows this, I didn't want to go. Even after turning my money in, I didn't want to go. <laughs> and um, But this trip... I think the biggest thing that happened to me is um, I saw faces. I, I heard names. These people were individuals. And I remember in one location actually seeing somebody with hopelessness to, on their face. And um, <clears throat> um, they received the gospel. And their transformation on their face, it just hit me. It was like these people are going from death to life. I mean, literally, I just watched a miracle. A dead person just became alive. And it hit me. And I was like, that's why we're here. You know, and then other places, the same thing happened. I was seeing faces. I was seeing transformations. And it was powerful. Um, Lisa and I were together in one of these locations. And this lady was, was sitting down. And she had a... Um, a poncho type of outfit on so we couldn't tell um, initially um, that she was pregnant but anyway she was sitting there and, and Lisa actually came to her and said Cristo te amo that's like one of the only phrases we really knew in Spanish Christ loves you and so Lisa said that and um, uh, the woman shook her head no and and that was kind of a surprise reaction because a lot of times you know we're in um, primarily a Catholic culture and at least they know a good response to that question or whatever and she shook her head no and so we were like ministering more to this lady and um, through the help of an interpreter we were talking some more to her and she received the gospel and watching that lady's face just go from hopelessness to this huge smile and so Lisa at the end said priest of Tayama and she shook her head yes mm -hmm. and then it just real I really realized what we were there for is just watching these dead people come to life and that's kind of my experience. Thank you. Thank you. Now we have Lisa. So, Shining Path was, was mentioned. Well, Raul and I had someone from the Shining Path come up to us uh, in Urabamba. Uh, it was that was very interesting and. Raul, you fill, fill in, but I feel like I hadn't heard that term, Shining Path, in like 15 or 20 years, and then to have someone come up and say, I was part of Shining Path. Um, he, he shared that 
he was in his 20s. He was in the leadership in The Shining Path and in Brazil. And he shared how he had gone out of that, how God had saved his life multiple times, that uh, he was in a village and everyone in that village was killed except for him. He was trying to get out of the Shining Path, but that's not a group that you can get out of successfully without them trying to get you. And so he had been caught and he said that he was kneeling with his hands behind his back and the shining path person was going to kill him because you you're you left the shining path we can't let you be free you are you know you'll tell our secrets whatever and so he was on his knees with his hands behind his back to allow the shining path person to kill him and um he closed his eyes uh and he wasn't killed and he went next door and the person in the next room was killed. So he just, and then, so somehow he got in contact with a, he, a Christian woman was talking to a Christian woman about this. And she said to him, God has a purpose for your life. Uh, that's the reason he's not caused you to be killed in all these instances. And he's like, how can this be? There is no God. And um, so he came the first night to our Urabamba outreach in the plaza. And um, he heard, he heard, he felt like this was a sign from God. I need to, so now he's in his, I would say maybe fifties. Mm -hmm. And he felt like this was a sign from God. You really need to take what I did in your life earlier seriously. And you need to come, you need to come to me and live your life for me. And he came back. He said he was planning on coming back to the next night. And, oh, and he did. And he got invited to church and he was given a Bible or found a way to get a Bible. So that is one life that God allowed me to be in contact with while in Urabamba, um, while in Peru. And another thing that the Lord did was he... 11 years ago, uh, I was at a concert uh, and at a lot of Christian concerts, you get invited to sponsor a child. And 11 years ago, I sponsored a child and who knew that I would end up going to that country where my sponsored child is and getting to meet the sponsor child. I got to meet her two years ago um, when, uh, when I went to Peru and this year I was concerned that I wouldn't be able to see her because not all the paperwork had been worked out. And I realized that somewhat at the last minute, it had to do with, a, it had, yeah, anyway, it was something out of my control, but I realized at the last minute, this is not completely ironed out. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to see her, but, and I was starting to get so worried and anxious about it, but I, Lord helped me to give it to him. Give it to him. I'm like, I'm in Peru and I won't be able to see her. This is going to be terrible. But um, he helped me give it to him. I had help along the way to reach contacts that I needed to reach. And it worked out to see her. And um, it's she is doing very well. And it was so exciting to see her. She had actually written me a goodbye letter, which I haven't gotten yet. I still haven't gotten it. But the reason she wrote me a goodbye letter was because she's in nursing school and she can't participate in the activities through the organization that she's, it's Compassion International. She can't participate in the activities and they have some rules um, laid down about that. So she actually has to ride two hours to and from the schooling. Um, she must have gotten a scholarship of some sort and things are, she's really doing a lot better. Things are better in her area, in her neighborhood actually. Things are a lot better. And so, so neat to see her. Because I was going to get a goodbye letter. I, yeah. So, and then, um, the one morning the Lord told me, you're going to, you're going to cast the net this morning. I want you to, oh, I want you to cast the net today at today's outreach. So, okay. All right. But then there wasn't an opportunity to tell Bill. We weren't in the same bus, something like that. So, okay. I thought, oh, maybe I'm off the hook. I couldn't tell Bill. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so we women were uh, 
there's a couple of us in a separate place. And then we walk up and everyone's in a group praying. I thought, oh, they're praying for the person sharing the gospel and the person casting the net. So it's already been decided. So I joined in the prayer all in a circle. And then the prayer was over and Bill says, okay, so Grace is going to share her testimony and who's going to cast the net? Oh, it hasn't been chosen. I guess it's me. You know, so I raised my hand and, you know, there's so many things that go through your mind about what you're going to share, but you don't really know how it's all going to fit. You don't really have a perfect, perfectly all written out, but God just comes. He just comes. He join. he, you join with him. He he comes and gives you the words to say. And it was just so amazing. And it happened to be in Calca. I believe it was Calca. Either the mountains were just gorgeous. And we were, Mary and I mentioned this afterwards. But you had to talk about the love of God with those beautiful mountains all around us. And he just takes you. You surrender to him. And he takes you and he helps you and gives you the words to say. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Um, hey, uh, most of you know me, but like I said, I'm David. I've been going to Peru f- uh, since I was two years old, and I used to go <laughs> off and off, but uh, since 11 years old, I continuously went to Peru. Um, but when I started in Peru, I was with Crosswave, I was five, and um, I was wondering like what part I was going to get, and I would always, like for three, four times in a row, I'd always get the cat, which uh, to me wasn't really much of a role, like it just, it just followed the king cat, I mean that's really all he did, that's, that was my perspective. Um, and because I was five years old I was small so I mean when I would do the uh, the part I would try to act as ferocious as I could but everyone would laugh at me including the <laughs> younger kids that were younger than me so I mean I'd be I'd be a little like frustrated about that but um, I didn't really get it to me um, but w- this year I became king, king cat which was what my brother was for two or three years I think um, and being king cat has been a pretty good experience um not the bad part but i mean like playing the role is pretty good um if you for those of you who don't know king cat uh has his minions and they attack the creator's toys and they also attack the creator and his son um and later in in near the end they nail the creator uh creator's son to the cross and but Despite all the things that the king cat and those cats did, the uh, the son still offered them that opportunity to go to be with the creator for the rest of their life. And the king cat, which was me, was able to uh, accept the um, gift that he gave. The other cats didn't, but the king cat did. And that uh, that spoke to me because, I mean, just uh, no matter if you like killed someone or you just been like mean to someone or you uh, like talk trash to people or whatever you do, it doesn't matter what you do because no sin is greater than the, than the other. But to you, it may think, "Oh, I killed twenty people. There's no way God loves me." But God died on the cross for that sin. And because he died on the cross, that sin is no more. If you for if you repent and accept his gift, if he, uh, that's God calling. (laughs) 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 Uh, But uh, (coughs) sorry, um, playing uh, doing as King Cat. Like I said, it was just been a great experience. Uh, last year, I played a soldier. Um, uh, it was also a fun experience. I mean, you were able to... Uh, you had to do a role. I mean, I hurt my shoulder in the end, but I mean, it was pretty. it was pretty uh, good role to play. But my favorite one so far is King Cat, because despite all the things he did, uh, the creator's son still accepted him, and the king's cat accepted that gift. So... There'd be people in Peru uh, who would act like macho, or they like 
be act like they're like strong, cool. I mean, they could be strong, cool, but I mean, Jesus is the coolest man in the whole universe. <laughs> um, so, this, no matter if you think that you're the strongest person, you can still have a soft heart. You can still go into Jesus's world, and which is heaven. Um, and I guess what I want to say is that you don't have to worry about the different, uh, like all the sins that you've done, because <clears throat> Jesus doesn't care. He just cares that you accept him and that you will be with him for the rest of your life. So, yeah. Thank you, Dave. Amen. Um, this was my first year going to Peru and for any of you who know Jonathan Polishek his mom was the one that really wanted me to go and she kept encouraging me encouraged me she's like you should go you should go and I was like I don't know she's like I know you should go and um, God ended up giving me a job at a Peruvian restaurant and <laughs> um, when she heard about that, she was like, hmm, you think you should go now? And I was like, I'll see. So I ended up going to his house one day, and he said, surprise, we're going to the Crossway Peru meeting. Come with us. So I, I saw Miss Mary there, and she said, oh, are you going to Peru? And I was like, well, I'll make a decision by the end of the meeting. And so the end of the meeting rolls around, and she looks at me, and she says, well, have you made a decision? I was like, I'm going. Um, and it was just, it was an amazing time. And before I left, I was like, God, I want to see your hand at work, and I want to be a part of that work. Mm. And he really honored that. And I really connected with a lot of people there, and um, just, it was amazing to see in the schools and the plazas, everywhere we went and ministered, like, so many lives were touched, and like what you were saying, like you could see people's faces, just the sadness and the death on their face, and then afterwards they'd be more vibrant, and it was just, it's hard to put into words, but you can really see God working, and if I had any doubts before about God's goodness or or how He's moving, they were blown away in Peru and, uh, and one story that sticks out to me um, we were I think in, in Hikamarca in one of the markets and we just finished and this little kid comes up to me who's like five or six years old and I share with him the little gospel card we have and he then says can I have a Bible as a gift I was like uh, yes let me let me get one real quick and um, I looked for a Bible, and then one of the Peruvian pastors that was with us started talking to the kid, and he asked him where his parents were, and so we all went over, and everyone talked, and um, I had to go away for a minute, but when I came back, I found out that the family had been going to church off and on, and I think they were Catholic, but they didn't really believe a lot. And the pastor had asked the whole family if they wanted to pray and accept the Lord, and they did. All because God used a little five or six-year-old who wanted a Bible. And there's countless stories like that that happened this year. Everybody had something, and it, it was just such a blessing to see God at work. And... <clears throat> He is making a difference all throughout the world. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Welcome, Tim. Um, yeah, Andrew, I would I would say the same thing. I was really touched by seeing whole families respond. I remember we were at uh, the marketplace in Hikamarca. And 
this this little girl comes up in response to the altar call, and she gets uh, the bracelet and and the book of John, and um, the pastor prays with them, and then I think they just you know were were continuing to minister. She goes back and finds her mom and dad sitting on the bench off to the side, and she pulls them up there. <laughs> and, um, and you see the whole family change, like you said. And um, so uh, I've been to Peru several times, and um, every time that's what I see is, is God um, transforming lives in, in just unbelievable ways. Um, and I see his goodness poured out, you know, richly upon the Peruvians, the Americans on our team, the Venezuelans this year. Um, and so this year, <coughs> I, um, uh, I did decide to go, but uh, I had a hard time last year. <laughs> and um, so I, I actually um, had to choose to be faithful to God's call. And not to be fearful, uh, not to be afraid of the difficulties of the current situation or the, or the failures in the past or any of that. Um, and um, I was I was writing something last night about about my experience in Peru, and and um, I hope the Lord led me to Second uh, Timothy in chapter one and. Um, it talks about you know being faithful to God's call and not being fearful, right? For so God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and of self-control. And then it goes on. It says, "Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, um, but share in sufferings for the gospel by the power of God." And so, this year, I think you know I was I was able to speak that out. You know, and I heard the testimonies of all the people on our team that were about uh, the beautiful story of how um, you know God has worked in their lives and, and um, all the things that he has healed them from and, and we've seen God change um, you know hopelessness to hopefulness and um, his really a story of redemption um, and, and God's goodness. I remember we go into these schools down there and uh, unlike the schools in America, they welcome us to come. You know, we pray for months, and I know people here pray for the team. And, and Bill, you showed the, the Wednesday night prayer meeting down in Peru. They're praying for us for months, and, and God opens the doors. You know, we're able to go into these schools and um, share the gospel with hundreds of kids. And, um, and early in the outreach this year, I was just so touched. Um, it was uh, probably like an elementary school and we were able to be inside for a change <laughs> and do the drama. And um, and, and you, you realize that most of these kids, have, they've never heard the gospel clearly explained. And, when, and we have this action-packed um, but spirit-filled presentation through the drama that we do. And then um, one of the kids on the team uh, shared, um, shared the gospel. And every one of those kids stood up. And responded, and you just realize that here they are, you know, at a young age, and um, and their lives will be changed forever because you know, this group of Americans flew from <laughs> Raleigh, North Carolina, um, to this little town in Peru, and um, I just, even though I've been there several times, I just never get used to that. I think about that song, you know, thank you for giving to the Lord. <laughs> and, um, and there's that line in there that says, you know, one day when you prayed that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. And uh, anyway, it's just the changes on their faces, like you were saying. You know, um, they, they, you can tell they understood, you know, even though, even though, we're from America, and they speak Spanish, and we speak English. Um, <laughs> it's just something I never, I never get used to. God's goodness that 
You know, he doesn't leave us in a place of brokenness. Um, he, he sends people, <laughs> and he, he changes circumstances to, to see us healed and, and to see uh, our lives redeemed. And so I wrote this on the Thursday before we left um, Peru this year. Last year I was on the team that went to Puma Coaches, but I was really sick. So I was opening with that, just saying, after being so sick last year, I wondered if I had a use on the Peru team. Mm-hmm. I had been before, <laughs> um, but never been so sick that I missed so many ministry days. So when the time came to turn in my application, I did, choosing to be <laughs> faithful and not fearful. But I really wasn't sure if this would be another character-building trip (laughs) or if God was doing something else. But I believed God was drawing me, and I knew of his great love for the lost in Peru and of his great love for the church in Peru that we had worked with before. I knew I couldn't do it, but I could in his strength and I believed it would happen. I trusted God would do what he says. He would help me when I asked him. And he likes us to ask, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> he really does. Uh, and that he would strengthen me when I was weak. And that he would uphold me by his righteous right hand. He gives power to the faint and increases the strength of the weak. He protects us as we walk in obedience to his word. As most of you know, I'm an introvert. So why would I join a drama team and go to another country where they don't speak English to share the gospel? It's because of what I said. God's love for the lost and brokenhearted. God picks up the pieces of our broken dreams and he puts them back together. He loves us too much to let us stay broken. And that is what I saw in Peru. God at work healing the brokenhearted, both Peruvians and Venezuelans and, and other countries. So, um, I chose to be faithful and not fearful. Y'all welcome, Rebecca. Alright, I'm going to share a verse. Let me just find it really quick. (laughs) I know where it is, I just need to get to it. So I've also been to Peru many times. <laughs> um, I, I'm blessed to say that that's where I met my my husband. But was never my intention going to Peru to find a husband. <laughs> it's just the way that God works in mysterious ways, and sometimes you end up meeting your spouse. <laughs> so it doesn't happen to everyone, but but I think I mean of all the years going to Peru, I mean. <laughs> You know, God works in ways that I don't fully understand. But this was the way that God had worked in his life and in my life to put all the pieces together that needed to come in order for us to to meet. Um, I, I guess I, I, lo- I love going to Peru. And each year I feel like I'm growing in my love for sharing the gospel and it never gets old, and um, I think that's really true because some like my, the, the first few years. I mean, it's not like I was afraid. It's just that 
it's my first time like sharing the gospel and what am I supposed to do? How are they going to, and you have all these fears, but like, but then like you, you grow and you see yourself grow and you see how God grows you. And, um, like I'm not, I'm not afraid just to go and have my Bible or have a little thing I can share with someone. And I feel like that, that's the way that God has grown me and God has, has used me. Um, one of the challenges that my dad gave us this year was, I think he gave our, our team like a lot of verses from the Gospel of John. And said, okay, when you go to share with someone, share with them a verse from the Gospel of John. And, and, you, and you, because that's the, the little Gospel of John, that's what, like, one of the things that we give out to people is the Gospel of John in, in Spanish. And so he said, pick, uh, pick se- several of them that you would like to share with someone so you're not going up to them and not saying anything. You know, you have something that you can share that you've prepared. Um, and so one of one of the verses that that I shared and <laughs> it's it's just amazing to me of of God's love and how it's not us but it's him. Um and this this was what I, was one of the verses that I would share with with people is John one twelve. Um, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then it, it, it goes on, but it doesn't say you've got to be perfect. It doesn't say you've got to have everything in your life the right the right way. It doesn't say you've got to be the best. It doesn't say you make the most money. It doesn't say any of those things that the world would, would, would tell you. It says, to all who received him, to those who believed in his name. People came and received Jesus. <laughs> People came and an hour ago didn't believe in him, but now they do. And God gave them the right to become children of God. Like, it doesn't say you've, you've got to be the best. It just, <laughs> this verse says, to all who received him. To those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And you and, and you think about it, every every person who came to receive Jesus, who came to believe, God gave them the right to become a, a, a child of God. And I'm bumping over my words because my heart is so full of Jesus and my heart is so full of his love for, for people. And I can't tell you how much this verse means to me, but... <laughs> Um, I mean, what everyone has been saying to to see someone who came and you didn't know them at all, but now you're sharing Christ with them, and now you're sharing His love, and you're sharing you have the opportunity to become a child of God right now. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you've done before, like Mary says, now is the moment, now is the time for 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 salvation, and. The gospel never gets old. I mean, people... I mean, I've been doing the drama for I don't know how many years, but... <laughs> people still come to receive Jesus. I mean, no matter where you are in the world. We, we, we just happen to be sent, sent to to P- P- Peru. But no matter where you are in the world, people still come to Jesus. And... I don't know what else to, to be sharing, but I just want y'all to know, like, God has grown me a lot. Um, this year in Peru and just seeing how he's grown me and seeing how I'm able to go up to someone and let me show you let me show you these verses and John talk about who Jesus is oh let me let me show let me tell you about his his love let me tell you about how how important um, you are to Jesus and how much like these these little kids who are out of school that asked me to to share the gospel with them to to, to cast the net I didn't plan what I was going to share with them before. I just said, okay, God, have the, the, the opportunity. Give me some words, and I will be faithful to share. And a few minutes before I, sh- I, sh- I got up to share the gospel, I heard God tell me, tell them that they are precious. Tell them that they are loved. Tell them that they are important. And, you know, for a little child, that's, that's a big thing. <laughs> I mean, for anyone... Especially a little child who might not have 
my parents at home the whole the whole day or might might be in a certain situation. They need to know that they are loved, that they are cherished, that they are prized and precious. And um, I, I shared that with with all the kids. And however, and many of them responded, and you just know that it's not you. That's it's it's God working through you, and and you see that. And like I said, it never gets old. <laughs> um, so that's why I wanted to share with 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 y'all this morning. Yet to all who received him. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And that's who we are. Amen. Come on, Jonathan. Thank you. So, uh, the, the way I... Uh, I became a Christian was because of a missionary from the United States. I went to Peru, and he basically had me in his house for a few years. So I lived with him, and then uh, when my family moved to Lima, I had the the calling in my heart uh, that God was calling me to Lima to preach the gospel because none of my family knew the Lord. So I wanted I wanted him then to know uh, about about God. I wanted him to know about God. So. That was that was my first mission trip from Chiclayo to Lima, oh. just to preach to my family, okay. And I only got one person come her, or or probably two, my grandmother too. <coughs> but my mom became a Christian two years later, and then uh, and then I met Rebecca, of course. And uh, but my heart was for my family to know Jesus because uh, my my family is 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 broken. For generation has been broken, and so I want I want them to to know God and, and come to 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 know Him. So that's that's a burden in my heart. So when the time was to come to Lima, there was a lot of burden in my heart for my family. Who's going to preach to them? Because I was I used to have uh, Bible meetings <coughs> at my house. I was really concerned about them, about my nephews, and about my sister. Uh, there are, there are many things in my family going on that it will surprise you. So, I used to pray every day uh, for them, and 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 now uh, I have the opportunity to be, to go back to Peru with Crosswave and and have opportunity to invite my 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 family, some of them, to go to to the mission trip, and 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 this year specifically was special to see. That uh, how God orchestrates or He makes ways that we never imagined. But we talked to Bill and and, and I talked to Bill about the taking Ruth, taking taking my two nephews, uh, Enzo and Fabricio. But I didn't plan to invite Ruth. But Ruth said I want to come too. So I talked to Bill and and we figure out a way for her to come. And after a week, we crossed in in Uruamba. She uh, she saw something that for for most of us it, it probably is probably uh, uh, something that we're really used to see. It's, it's, it's like a normal for us, and that's love, the love that we have, that the Spirit has poured in our hearts, and and so that all the people that know don't know love or don't know the love, the kind of love that God has poured into our hearts, uh, they don't know about it, and when they see it in the environment. Uh, that's where Ruth got to see in that week. She, she saw love, and that's what she shared with us. She, she said that uh, with the week that I've been with Crosswith, I saw love in each other, in, in, in each of you. I saw the, uh, the how you treat with respect, how you honor one another. I saw that, and, and that night she said, uh, I, I, I want to follow Jesus. I want to, I want to know Jesus too, and I want to see my son Fabricio come to know him and be like, there were a lot of teenagers uh, that night I want to see my, my 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 son like doing this stuff like you do, and so that was special for me. And I was thinking, now uh, now I'm thinking, uh, God could have done that when I was in Peru, but He didn't decide. He didn't want it to be that way. He He wanted it to be this way. Me being here and not not be able to see my sister coming to Christ while I was in Peru, and and trying to share the gospel with them. But one once I got here. Is when I heard my mom tell me, "Hey, Cynthia came to Christ. She changed her life." 
my grandmother too. She's taking a lot of courses at the church, <coughs> and now see Ruth uh, decided to follow. Like things didn't work the way that I wanted. Uh, like I would like to see that personally, see talk to them, but no, I, I'm in here. But he's he got issues in Crosswave somehow. I mean, do you understand? Like uh, through Crosswave every year. I don't know. Probably next year. I don't know. In the future, I would like to invite one at a time and, and got to got to experience uh, what, what we do and and got to experience love right love the uh, uh so that's 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 i think that's the the part that i that i wanted to share with you that my aunt ruth uh, wanted to follow jesus and, and that was so special for me thank you for listening to the stories I have one scripture I want to read to you. You've heard it before, but I want you to know to think about what this verse is saying. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should never perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved you, Suki, and you, Esther, and every single one of us. That he gave his only son, Jesus. That whoever believes in Jesus will never perish, but have eternal life. You know, I, I, I left this up here because I wanted to show you one more picture. Claire, this is for you. Can y'all see that? That is, that's out there. It's a picture... It's a picture made of uh, with a dark space in the sky. Richard Richard's reminded me they took the Hubble telescope and aimed at the darkest section of the sky, and they left it on for a while for a time exposure. And every single thing that you see, this one is a good giveaway. It's not a star; it's a galaxy of stars. So like that one is closer. You can see the spiral shape. Those are all individual stars. But every single one, those are a galaxy. That's a galaxy. That's a galaxy. That's a galaxy. That's, these are all galaxies of stars. The God we serve is the God who said, let there be. Mm-hmm. And now there is. There's nothing he cannot do. And when he says he so loves the people of this world that he sent his son to, that if they believe in the son they'd have eternal life and not perish. You can believe that. When you go to Broughton or you go to Rex or you go to Cisco you can, you can believe what he says for those people. Let's see, I'm going to get back to that one. Where is it? This one. All right. How do I down here? No, it's, it's, it's not that one on here. Uh, damn. Come on, little guy. <laughs> I'm in a race with that thing. There we go. You can believe what he says. So we have one more leaving. Going tomorrow. Two more. Two more. Not to uh, a galaxy, but to Korea. <laughs> you returning to Korea tomorrow? Yes. Would you like to share anything with our church? Do it. <laughs> Come on. Yes. It's been a delight to see Suki and Esther.
And I know God has given her big dreams about the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard a little bit and pieces. Yes. But uh, we need to hear from you. Oh. Uh, uh, I forgot to, to speak English now. So. <laughs> 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 uh, uh, I when I live in Korea, I miss miss really miss the here. So I decide to come back America. Uh, uh, to May, uh, May. So I got a ticket on 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 June. So and then. My husband Sangyeong want to come over here, but but he is very busy. So I want uh, Sangyeong and I want to go back here next year again, to, uh, whole family together. Uh, and then um, <laughs> my birthday is August sixteenth. Yesterday I got uh, some uh, party for me. My birthday party, so it was so gracious. Mm. So, ah, uh, yeah, uh, I I was so happy to meet you guys, and then um, um, I will miss you. Yeah, thank you. They, tomorrow, tomorrow I will go back Korea in the morning. So, see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to say something? No. <laughs> well, y'all, um, just know that God's got all things. Uh, please, please pray for Pastor Moises that I showed you a picture of. He's got. The situation is, is that we don't know how many people actually got saved. I mean, we nobody knows. What we do know is that six hundred people left the comfort of the crowd to come forward and stand publicly and say, I want Jesus. And they gave us their name and address so that we can follow up with them. So 600 people stepped away from the crowd by themselves and said, yes, I, this is what I want. So so those 600 names go to those pastors. Pastor Roberto, 300 for him, and 300 to Pastor Moises. Now, Pastor Roberto's got the staff, and he's got a car, and he's got transportation, he's got all these people, and they're going to go visit those 300 people. Pastor Moises has himself. Three different communities, 30 minutes apart. He's going to visit 300 people and follow up with them and invite them and their families to church. Please pray for Pastor Moises. Crossway was able to buy him his very first refrigerator because he didn't have a refrigerator. So he and his wife live at 10,000 feet elevation with no refrigerator. And he's promised to go visit these 300 people. He's given himself to the gospel. Um, please pray for him and for the people that he will be ministering to. So um, thank you for supporting Crosswave and all this and the Peru trip and for praying for us and donating towards the causes. Uh, Jonathan would be happy to announce that his... well. The father of his nephew, let's put it that way, Dennis, has all the money he needs for surgery, and the surgery was is scheduled now. He said something about December. Okay, so the, the surgery will be scheduled soon. Uh, but thank you for your contributions towards that. It's, it's a miracle to see that come about. Um, God's at work all over. We open our eyes and engage with what He's doing. So I think we're just going to pray, and then we'll have lunch together. We have a couple of announcements. So why don't you share those, Mary, and then we'll pray. I got a call from Camille this morning, and she's not here because her mother couldn't really use her arm. Mm -hmm. And um, so they don't know if it's a dislocated shoulder or exactly what, but Camille was going to go over and help her this morning, and and, um, it's going to probably take her to an orthopedist tomorrow to see what, what the problem is with her arm. So her mom's name is Jane. And um, if we could pray for her. Then um, tomorrow morning, I go to court. Um, it's our land issue. Uh, it's going to be in the first uh, stage of the before a superior court judge tomorrow. 
And um, then next week is my nephew's court case. So if y'all could pray for my family. And then this week, where's Jessica? She's taking care of Clara. She's taking care of Clara. Jessica's Beth. birthday is on Wednesday. So can you hear Jessica? I think she's in the bathroom with Clara. Okay. All right. Is school starting this week or next 27. week? Monday, 27. 27. Okay, so next week. Yeah, when you, yeah, yeah, okay. And then, of course, Suki and Esther, if we could pray for them uh, today before or as we close. And when, when Jessica comes out, we will say happy birthday and sing happy birthday. Okay. Okay. Julie, would you stand and pray for these things? Father, we thank you for sharing Esther and Suki with us mm-hmm. and that they, you shared their lives with us and how much we dearly love them and pray for a safe trip home that they would always see you working in their home and in their community with their relatives and that you would um, be guiding their their steps in their new church and new friends and opportunities to share the gospel with their fellow Koreans mm-hmm. and Father we also want to pray for Mary and the situations um, with both court dates on Mondays that Father, you would intervene. We know that they're in your hands, and we pray that justice would be done. And we pray that um, you would cause hearts to change by the attitudes of the McLaren family, and that you would be working much greater things than these people who have come against them ever could see coming. God, that you would do great things Mm -hmm. of sharing your love and opportunities to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. Father, we thank you so much for our time of worship today and all that you've encouraged our hearts. Pray that we would always be looking for opportunities every day to share your love with people. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Jessica, happy birthday to you.